It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors continue their summer league odyssey, picking up a win over the Utah Jazz yesterday, 80-74. to We'll sort of talk about the game, but we'll mostly talk about big picture summer league stuff. Justin Champagny, a member of the summer league team before getting hurt, has signed a two-year minimum deal with the team. We'll get into that. Plus, we will draw on the Vegas experiences from Katie Heindel, who just arrived back from Vegas and was covering the Raptors down there. We'll get to all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1216 of Locked on Raptors for Thursday, July the 14th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, and you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps in audio form. You can also go to YouTube and support the show there. And apologies to those watching on YouTube today, as I'm just a big, sweaty mess. I just got back from a very long bike ride, and my body's doing the 
thing where it's still just like sweating post-workout. This is what I get for being healthy. Uh, so I'm sorry. And uh, please don't turn it away. Just envision it as a glow instead of sweat and you'll uh, have your total mind frame changed around. Uh, all right. Speaking of glowing on account of the sweat, Katie Heindel was in Vegas this past week covering Summer League. And on today's show, we are going to dig in to the Raptors voyage down there. They're now 2-1 and one after a win over the Jazz yesterday. We will get into the signing of Justin Champagny, and then we'll play a little Vegas Summer League rapid-fire game with Katie, just so we can live a little vicariously through her, anyone who is not down there in Vegas. But uh, Katie, uh, how are you? What's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I'm good. My voice is... Uh not come back with me um, <laughs> i want to give you a shout out for giving me a buffer day yesterday because mm-hmm. every time i sat down yesterday i'd fall asleep i just felt <laughs> like i had narcolepsy so tired i took a nap like two hours after waking up in the morning <laughs> and it just persevered like all day so mm-hmm. thank you i can't say i'm acclimatized but uh here i am I, you're you're powering through. This is your flu game. This is your. Uh, is there like a, a syndrome? Like is there like a name for the syndrome that happens after you leave Vegas for being after being there for six days or whatever it was you were there you know for? What there is a syndrome. It's not a Vegas thing, but it's this. It's this is I guess maybe getting too scientifically deep into the show, but no, there's no. a syndrome called uh, holiday heart, which like mm. it was named that like I think long long time ago because it sounds very romantic. So I feel like that's like. A, 1800s thing but when you come back from holiday and you're like you haven't really slept a lot maybe you've been indulging a little bit um you you notice like your heart is racing more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway i don't actually feel that way i just feel <laughs> tired <laughs> but i don't know what the vegas syndrome is uh like a, a huge withdrawal i always feel so sad when i come home <laughs> Mm. Well, I'm sorry we're doubling down on the sadness by yeah. forcing you to talk to me for half an hour. Um, okay. <laughs> holiday Heart, my favorite 1980s uh, holiday band. Doesn't it uh, sound like album. something yeah. that would be cured with like cocaine when they yeah. still would? Yeah, like, <laughs> like <laughs> when doctors would still prescribe people cocaine, that's what I mean. Not like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's... I was more going for, uh, you know, the band Heart in a holiday album. You know, that, that's that, that's what I was aiming True. for. But I I botched the punchline. That's fine. Katie, <laughs> we're going to talk about Summer League today. Uh, let's begin with the news that came down today that Justin Champagny, who has not played in Summer League for the Raptors because of a thumb injury, has signed a two-year minimum deal with the Raptors. We'll get your sort of bigger, broader takeaways from Summer League itself in a sec here, but Champagny is the news, and... I have been very, very staunch in my belief that Justin Champagny is going to weasel his way into the rotation at some point next season. Weaseling sounds bad. Uh, (laughs) He's going to find his way into the rotation on the merit of his good play next season at some point. Uh, Glad to see that his absence from Summer League didn't affect the Raptors' view of him and their sort of vision for him and their long-term plans. Thoughts on Champagny signing? And uh, you caught up with Champagny down in Vegas, correct? What were your sort of uh, impressions of him and, you know, the way the team views him and all that stuff yeah i did um the team because the raptors schedule like on the summer league schedule was so it's like just at the end of it yeah i only actually caught one game their first game when i was there mm-hmm. um but they had a ton of practices they had a practice or a shoot around every day which was fantastic um so i went to a bunch of those before the games even got underway uh, and the first guy i sat down with was justin um we talked about you know i talked about like what it 
Wait, do you want to talk about this yet, or do you want to talk about the contract? No, no, go nuts. Yeah, no, no, we, okay. yeah. <laughs> we'll do a um, sprawling Justin Champagne conversation. Great exercise in me trying to keep it together. Uh, <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to him about coming into this team, you know, as like a sec, as it's like essentially veteran player, right, on the mm-hmm. summer league roster, and what mm-hmm. that meant to him, and how he he wanted to approach leadership, you know, because it was mostly him and Delano who have the most experience at summer sure. league and with this roster. Um, and he said he was really looking forward to it, you know, and like the energy that he wanted to bring to the floor. He is such an energy guy. He wanted to show that at both ends. Um, I talked to Trevor uh, Thiessen about it too. And he said, you know, he's got such great um, defensive capabilities, but we don't want to just see him be a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a huge bummer that he got hurt in their first scrimmage. I think it was later that same day that after I spoke with him, they had a close scrimmage. Uh, against the, I want to say, Hornets. Okay. Summer League team. Sure. And uh, that's when he got hurt. So I was pretty bummed because I mm-hmm. wanted to watch him play, but I also wanted it to be an opportunity for him to showcase that so he could go on and get signed. So I'm extremely thrilled that, as you said, you know, that didn't that didn't affect what probably the organization already had, you know, mm-hmm. like in the works. Um, because obviously they value him tremendously, and I think they understand what he brings to the team, even if he wasn't able to bring that to the summer league team. Yeah, I didn't think that his injury was going to cost him getting signed by the Raptors necessarily, just mm-hmm. because you know they invested a whole year of him in the G League and gave him a lot of run and agency down in the G League to just kind of fire off half a dozen threes a game and be part of the sort of you know, the flow of the offense in a pretty substantial way. So that that I'm glad to see he's going to be around. And I think one of the most interesting conversations going into next year in terms of like training camp battles and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, I, I think it's pretty established. There's a top nine on this team that is going to be pretty entrenched just because, you know, they bring in Otto Porter to compliment the rest of the guys they had last year and the continuity is going to be fantastic. That I don't think is going to really change all that much over the course of the preseason. I think actually John Schumann, who does this sort of continuity rankings every year in terms of roster turnover, uh, assuming the Raptors don't go and trade for Kevin Durant, they're going to be number one in terms of roster continuity in terms of minutes played last season and the guys who played them now being on the team again this year. So that's that's why I kind of think it's going to be tough to crack the top nine to begin the season. But that sort of 10th guy, next guy in for injury, which we know injuries will happen. The Raptors had a lot of them last year. There are going to be opportunities for this guy or these guys. I think it's sort of between like the old head in Cam Birch and then sort of the Coloco, Banton, Champagne trio kind of fighting for that role as 10th guy on the team. Where do you think Champagne kind of fits into that? And just in terms of like the skills he brings, the offensive rebounding acumen, of course, the defensive switchability, you know, the improved three-point shooting at the G League level last year. Very different player than Delano Banton, who we talked about a lot on yesterday's show. Mm-hmm. But where do you think Champagne kind of fits into that nexus of dudes trying to fight to be the next man up? The nexus of dudes. Uh, <laughs> well, he's so versatile, right? Like that's mm-hmm. probably his trademark and calling card. Which it's like funny, you can't really pigeonhole a guy like that because he doesn't just do one thing ever. Yeah. Um. So I think he fits like you know if it's a competition for that tenth spot as you're saying, I think it could clearly be him. Mm-hmm. It, it just that that kind of almost feels like a given. Um. Granted, there don't seem to ever be any givens with the Raptors like around that those spots, you know. Mm-hmm. 
like I, you know, the last two seasons, I think they've been kind of um, tinkering with the roster. Yeah, they usually the just don't use those spots. Team. Nurse yeah. will just be like, seven guys is fine, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but i I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if after the injuries of this past season and COVID still being so prevalent and the injuries even of the Tampa season too, the they wouldn't be a little bit more wary mm-hmm. and fill those spots. Uh, and and Justin's a great person to do that with because yeah, he's just like if you want it, like this is a team. If you're talking even Vision Six Nine, obviously maybe he doesn't fit into that, but like mm-hmm. the bedrock of that is versatility, yeah. right? And it's the switchability. And I think uh, he 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 does one of those things really well. And being a versatile player and like that three point shooting that you're talking about, I don't understand why that wouldn't translate into yeah. like an NBA floor. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the sample size is pretty small and all that, but I, mm-hmm. I would think that just the the fact that he was able to get up six or seven a game down in the G League, like, that has to help. And I know the Raptors are a team that fancies themselves a team that can turn guys' strokes around. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, I, I'm fully champagne-pilled. Uh, like, I, I, I think he stands a pretty good chance of being a regular rotation guy by December, January next year, just based on what he did last year. All of the stuff is so Raptors-y, the stuff that he's good at. Uh, and if he can be, like, even even just sort of like a passable offensive player. I think the defense will play and, um, you know, he'll be right in there if a guy gets hurt and he needs to slot in for like a Thad Young or an Otto Porter needs some time off or something like that. I think he could be easily that guy because Delano Banton, as much as he's shown a lot, which we'll get to in a sec, maybe is more of a sort of on-ball guy in a way that Champagne probably isn't. So we'll uh, get into Delano Banton and some other big takeaways from Summer League from Katie Heindel coming up in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best-tasting protein bars in the world, and they have also dipped their toe into the marshmallow puff game. And it's not the marshmallow puffs you get from the grocery store that are processed and crappy and bad for you. These are actually good for you. They're made with collagen protein. They absorb quicker into your body, have tons of health benefits you can eat something that tastes good and it's good for you and their new flavor the coconut brownie chunk puff is dynamite it is probably the best bar that they've ever made before now it's in puff form it makes it feel like you're having something indulgent when you're actually not you're actually having something that can be a nice meal replacement it can power you for a workout every bar is covered in 100 real chocolate it's fluffy it's like a cloud of coconut brownie goodness and the best part of course, is they taste amazing while making it guilt-free because they're good for you. They're a perfect treat when you got a craving. You need to satisfy that sweet tooth. Maybe you're like me and you're like a late-night snacker, and instead of something like a bag of chips, you can go for this, and it's much, much better for you. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, cream of marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Go to Built.com right now to order your coconut brownie chunk puffs. Built.com. That's the promo code LOCKED15 as well to get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Get your coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs now. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. 
Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day, digging into Summer League Takeaways with Katie Heindel, who is still recovering from six days down in Vegas, which seems like a long time, Katie. That seems like a no, very long it time. It seems like it, and it sounds like it. You know, like, and when I think, but when I think back on it, I was like, two days? <laughs> it just, time just melts. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, let's go to big takeaways from Summer League for you. We, you know, we don't need to get into the game against the Jazz necessarily. They won 80 to 74. Jeff Doughton was really good once again. Uh, Christian Coloco, a little bit uneven offensively, you know, had a nice post up, but, you know, it's probably not something that you're going to write home about in terms of a performance from Coloco. Delano Banton, a little bit less prolific than he's been for the first couple games. Uh, really ugly Summer League game, but kind of a classic ugly Summer League game, really. Um, but, they're, you know, they've been down there for over a week now. Katie, you spent some time covering practice, stuff like that. Did you have any sort of big takeaways, maybe on Delano Banton and how the team's viewing him and how he's kind of coming into his own? Also, Jeff Doughton's a guy that lots of people have been interested in because he's scoring so bloody efficiently. They might have a second two-way spot that they want to hand out to a guy like that, perhaps. Uh, what are your sort of overall takeaways from taking in the experience with the Raptors down in Vegas? Yeah, I got to say in person, um, I, I also sat down with Delano uh, but watching Delano in that first game, I was mm-hmm. really surprised and like pretty pleasantly surprised because the first the first half of that game was not so great. Yeah. Um, but I, I do attribute that to just like this is the first time the team was all out there collectively. That's something that we talked about a lot, you know, in the days leading up to it because of the opportunity to sit down with so many people. Was it just like asking them questions about the game? A lot of it was just like, we got to play first, you know, like the scrimmages <laughs> and um Practices and shoot-arounds are one thing, but kind of collectively getting out on the floor, you saw where they were pretty um, – looked a little too zany at times, sure. I'd say. Much <laughs> like uh, the the worst of the regular Raptors. The, the, the organizational symmetry is unbelievable. True. <laughs> um, but in the second half of that game, when they ended up winning uh, against the Sixers, it was Delano who liked it, honestly led that team, mm. led the team to the win. Armani Brooks was in, like such a – like killed it yeah he killed it but also his shooting like his just mm-hmm. steady steady scoring his rebounding was great he was probably the quietest kind of presence on the floor and that in like an anchoring sense when you look at the kind of greenness and rawness of everybody else around him so he really stood out to me mm-hmm. uh, and then afterwards like we chatted with Delano in a scrum uh, and he was pretty calm he's just like you know you got to take you got to take what we learned here and and go forward. They had not a great second game, but that third game last night was great. So I don't know what Delano, um, as a, someone who watched him in summer league last season, he's mm-hmm. grown a lot. Yeah. You know, and he's learned how to put uh, his, 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 his long variety of skills together. I think he's still g- getting a little bit better about picking his spots and picking his moments and, sure. and not really unraveling, basically just slowing down. Um, but that's like, it's very hard within the pace of summer league, which is nonstop, you know, it's not the place yeah. for like steady basketball. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Cause like the whole thing on Banton coming out of the draft is that he's kind of slow plotting sort of 
takes he, his time to I let things develop. I never found him like that. Honestly, well, that's I the thing is like the whole thing in summer league last year was that they were like play faster, and he was like okay, and then he started <laughs> running like a damn gazelle, and it was awesome. And it's interesting now that they're trying to reintroduce some of that sort of more nuance, maybe sort of you oh. know the the surveying of the floor instead of just like jetting down the floor. There's a little bit more sort of all right, well, how can I set up the offense in a way that's effective here as opposed to just going, you know, head down to the rim. And like, that's great to see the development of the sort of yin and yang of, Hey, yeah, you really got to play fast. This is where you're going to be at your best, but here's how you mm -hmm. can kind of rein it in a little bit. And mm -hmm. it's kind of the best of both worlds of draft night Banton, who again, nobody really knew. Uh, and everyone just had their thoughts on how he, he operated. And that's probably also to do with like the cramped floor in college basketball, not really being, you know, set up for a guy like Banton to really succeed. But then, to take the direction of the coaching staff to just play fast all the time. And then now to be able to kind of work some of that more nuanced stuff in is really exciting. And I, you know, much like Champagne, I think he's right in the conversation. If things get weird, there's injuries, they have to go break glass in case of emergency in spots. Feels like he's probably right on the cusp of getting into that sort of next wave of guys for the Raptors rotation as well. And I, and I got to say, Katie, like, I'm glad that they're starting now to, you know, this is a thing that happens when you go and win a title and trade away first round picks and, you know, prioritize getting talent in the door. You kind of lose that shadow core, the back part of the roster of young dudes who were kind of there to eventually fill in important spots when guys mm -hmm. step out. And it's nice to see now that between Champagne, Banton, and Coloco, I think that trio kind of feels like that new shadow core. I don't know if any of them is ever going to, you know, produce a Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet like development curve because those are like once in a lifetime situations that happen twice to the same team. But, you know, I, I feel pretty confident that there's at least two, maybe three rotation players in there. And that is a pretty good place to be for a team that is going to, you know, have a lot of money devoted to their top guys. It's nice to mm -hmm. have these guys kind of coming in to fill in the gaps, which is great. Um, Wanted to ask you about Jeff Doughton, because he's obviously been really good. Uh, he's putting up buckets. He led the team in scoring in the Jazz game, has been efficient, shooting better than 50% in all these games as well. Uh, 25 years old, maybe doesn't quit, quite fit the profile of like a long, rangy, Raptors-y do. He's more of a buckets man, which, hey, we love a buckets man over here. Um, any inkling as to sort of how the team views him based on your time spent around them? Or is that more of a like summer league story that's nice that probably won't result in any sort of NBA deal? for him maybe unfortunately maybe the latter but then i also yeah. want to preface that with saying he wasn't really a factor in the first game which is again the game that i saw in person um right. nor did i really get to see much of him in practice so i've got a huge blind spot there i can come sure. to <laughs> sure sure um, but knowing what we know about the franchise and another thing i wanted to mention is that the raptors also signed just signed ron harper jr to a two-way yep um and the other guy that I thought fit more uh, with what they're trying to build or what we know of them trying to build is DJ Wilson. Right. Well, he's signed to a regular deal. So. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. he looks good too. I just, I don't know that like just, but I feel like just um, scoring is not enough. Yeah. I mean, that, that's sort of the Jalen Harris thing, cool right? To say. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just, you know, they have a type. You need to have those types of guys in Summer League for sure. And those are the kind of guys who make Summer League, I'm sure, very fun when you get a guy who's on a heater and you're in, in the building and this guy who no one's ever heard of is going nuts. Like, that's really cool. Um, 
But, you know, I've seen sort of some sentiment like, oh, maybe he can help off the bench or something. And it's like, he's not going to play. If he if he did make the team, he wouldn't play. He'd be the 15th man or a two-way guy. Um, so I, you can get a little carried away with what a summer league performance might mean for the big club. But either way, I love when guys show out. And hopefully someone somewhere, maybe a team with a little bit more in terms of bucket getting needs and a less deep roster, mm-hmm. goes and finds Jeff Doughton and says, hey, here's a two-way. Here's a regular deal. Come compete for a job. That's great. And that's kind of the beauty of Summer League is, you know, it doesn't always have to be with the team that you were playing for that you go and get your shot with. And, you know, Doughton had some NBA cup of coffee last year, nine games over four teams. Um, you know, what one of the, I think, the beneficiaries of everyone having to have replacement players and stuff like that because they mismanaged the COVID situation in the middle of the year so poorly. But, um, you know, hopefully that that can lead to better things for him. I'm just not sure it's going to be with the Raptors, despite yeah. it being a fun story. That that's the caveat, right? That's yeah. what I meant when I said probably not, not enough. It's not enough for Toronto. Yeah, but I, totally. I hope it will be a case of like you know Ishmael Wainwright last year. Yeah, and like no, absolutely. the team didn't sign him, but then the Suns did come along. So I'm sure mm-hmm. there will be a team that watches him show out like that, and is just like, oh, you know, hell yeah, like we could use some more just straight firepower. I mean, he just cooked the Jazz last night. The Jazz yes. might be out of scoring two guards sometime soon here. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Match made in heaven. Uh, we're going to finish up, and uh, we're going to a little rapid fire, Katie. I'm going to throw some Vegas-related questions at you, and you're going to regale me with tales of your time down at Summer League because I am stuck here in little Hamilton, Ontario, and didn't get to go to Vegas, uh, you know, because they got other stuff going on. We're going to come back with that in just one sec, but first, I want to tell you about our friends over uh, at Locked on NBA, the daily NBA podcast covering all angles of the NBA with daily uh, ro- rotating casts of hosts from the Locked on Network. Uh, folks like Nick Angstad and John Corrales and Tony East, pals we've had on this podcast before, doing a great job over on that Locked at NBA podcast each and every day. Go check it out on all your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And with that, Katie, let's get into uh, Sean asked Katie about things she did in Summer League and lives vicariously through her. No, not at all. Uh, (laughs) I asked this because, like, the... Summer League, of course, is like a, a place where the whole NBA flocks. There's NBA dudes all around. There's just, it's just uh, it's just NBA stew. And when you hear people talk about Summer League, you get some really fun anecdotes about NBA interactions, people you come across, conversations you you eavesdrop on, on all that stuff. I was listening to our friend Keith Parrish and Sean Keane on the uh, Fast Break Breakfast podcast that they recorded from what it sounded like a closet somewhere. No, in it was on Vegas. the concourse. It was on uh, the concource. At Perfect. the arena. At the <laughs> arena studio. <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> they were doing a podcast and Keith was talking about how he was at a summer league game and in front of him was Jerry West, 
who yep. was like screaming at officials for uh, like like he's on the the winning time uh, <laughs> as though that show maybe kind of had some accurate intonations to it despite the gripes and the Supreme Court uh, ruling that's coming on it sometime soon um, so Katie my question to you is what was mm-hmm. your maybe you were there for the Jerry West thing if so please don't use that answer because I just <laughs> spoiled it but uh, what was your best NBA related interaction with a random person down in summer league this year i do have a jerry west story but it's for off air i'll tell you when we're done recording. <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> uh that guy was just everywhere uh what, what was mine um i was very upset i didn't see rasheed wallace mm. our friend keith uh apparently saw him coming out of the bathroom at the sports book at the aria hotel on the first day and I, when I heard that my heart rate like sped up but I never got to see him which sucked uh-huh. a lot um, always a bummer yeah I uh, Brennan Ingram held a door for me at the win lovely going to the media party which Rui Hachimura was DJing at for a couple songs oh what was, he, by, what was he spinning I don't know just like mm. nondescript but he, I walked by with Jerome Chang and uh Jerome was like, Hey, good job, man. And Rui was like, Thank you. Um <laughs> uh, seemed nervous. I overheard um Zach Levine ask a group of his friends, and I don't know what they were which one they were talking about, but he was very excited and he was like, How do you play that game? And I said <laughs> we were walking, I was in the like blackjack area, blackjack okay, yeah. area uh, yeah. at a casino. So maybe it was blackjack, but I feel like he must know how to play blackjack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll say it's really. I, I've been to a casino or a couple in my time, not many. Mostly when I was in school in Ottawa, we would go to Casino Lac Lamy because it was the cool thing to do because you could get in when you were eighteen. Um, the I, I am not a huge casino guy, and it's mm-hmm. because I find each table very intimidating and like. It seems like everyone there knows exactly what's up. And if you sit down and have any sort of questions, you're the loser who gets sort of shunned. So I don't love that vibe with like the, the social aspect of it and feeling like I'm a, I'm a doofus in front of strangers. But no, you got to yeah. get over it. I played uh, roulette for the first time with our friend Keith Parrish and also Rob mm-hmm. Mahoney of The Ringer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all I did was ask questions every single turn. <laughs> Roulette's a uh, one Granted, that I had no luck with like in the past. It was like downtown Las Vegas, which is a little bit more of a laid back vibe, I got to mm-hmm. say. Um, what else? I feel like I'm bored. Some of these are just I don't think I can share the story. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We can go to the next rapid fire question, okay. Katie. Uh, oh, yeah. you should ask. And I think this he will talk about this, but... You should ask Keith Parrish about his interaction with Andre Iguodala. It's one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. But I think he's saving it for an episode of Fast Break, so I'll plug that in. Yeah. Listen to Fast Break Breakfast. Subscribe to the Patreon. They're lovely folks over there. Um, The other question I have for you is kind of related to what we were just talking about. What is your favorite casino game, Katie? What do you spend (laughs) your most time at? Are you a slots person? Are you at the tables? what's uh, What's your Vegas game? Yeah, I'm a slots person. Um, mm. You sound disappointed. No, no, I, that's what I do too. Because there's no one to okay. get, embarrass myself in front. Yeah, of. I just yeah. Gotta press you're a going button. at your it's own great. pace. Yeah, you're going at your own pace. Yeah. Um, maybe you've got friends around you pressuring you to to do certain bets, but for the most sure. part, you know, you're just deciding yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I uh, I discovered a game called um, Godzilla vs King Kong. Mm -hmm. Joy Devine and I of Rambal Rock found that. Uh, yeah. And uh, we won pretty big the first time, but Kong really took us to town uh, a couple <laughs> other times. <laughs> There's the title of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, that's a pretty fun game. And I got to say, I got to specify, these are one cent. I'm playing like penny slots. You can okay. bet more. Sure. But I'm trying to bet the minimum for maximum return. <laughs> and gotcha. also just to like sit there for longer. You know, yeah. so you don't put $20 in and then like two minutes later, you're like, all right, see ya. Mm -hmm. um, what, are, what were some other good games? Ghostbusters 4D. Ooh. You like interact with the screen and it's got a rumble chair. It was a little <laughs> bit uh, overstimulating, but it, it's it like shoot slime at you and stuff. Is it that? It interactive? does like on the screen. Like it looks like uh, the slime is coming. Slimers gotcha. flying around. Uh, right. Found a really old game called Kenny Rogers the Gambler slot mm -hmm. machine. Where does Kenny it play Rogers, the song the whole time? It plays like a different. It plays like a dun, 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 like a weird <laughs> kind of like if you if you were watching a, a western and they were going somewhere kind yeah, of yeah the music, travel montage. That's what the song. Just that song. Hell I don't know yeah. why he didn't license his own song for the game, but he did it. <laughs> but he talks in the game. Um, and when you leave the game, he says, seems like you know when to fold them. So I love that. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, I think we've talked about this before, but my favorite slot in Vegas is a Dolly Parton slot machine that used to exist in Caesars and mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. is gone because no. searched for it one night with Sean Keen and Joy Devine. I got really depressed to the point where I was like, I want to go back to my hotel. This night is over. <laughs> but then that's too bad. Joey found it on a look, find the slots like directory, and it was moved to Planet Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> went there on the last night. She didn't help me out. I will say because mm. that that machine is usually like an ATM. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just put, I think last summer league, I put in 20 bucks, played for like two spins and won $200. Hell yeah. <laughs> this time she took all my money. <laughs> Damn it. It's Dolly um, telling you to go back to work at nine mm -hmm. to five, Katie. Mm -hmm. You got to get more money. I'm sorry. That was it's dumb. okay. Last Otherwise, one for you, Katie. Oh, go I ahead. Did see, oh, I did see Ty Lu in the area. Looking okay. Like he was having a great time, if you know. What did I he mean. did he beat someone at blackjack and then step over them? Uh, he was just giggling to, just away. Just to get the power back. He was like giggling away <laughs> from the blackjack tables with like a bunch of Clippers uh, people. So I feel like maybe they just cleaned somebody out. Was one of the people Steve Ballmer? Was he no, giggling but, with uh, Ty Lue? Steve Ballmer <laughs> did sit in front of Keith Parrish once, and Keith sent me a picture of the back of his head. Oh man. Wild. I gotta get oh. myself down to summer league. It's and I saw so Kyla Quinn. Kyla Quinn came in to watch the Raptors game, and he sat in front Beautiful. of me, and he looked That's so awesome. happy per usual. We love Kyla Quinn. Well, he's the best guy. Last one for you, Katie. What was the mm -hmm. best thing you ate and the worst Ooh. thing you ate while in Vegas? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I got taken to Nobu, so that was okay. definitely the best thing. And I did the omakase tasting menu, which is like a staged course. Like I don't mm -hmm. even know how I lost track of the courses. Um, <laughs> paired with like wine. So this was sure. this was a great thing to be treated to. Also, mm -hmm. a real high point where the weekend just kind of slid. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing, but a thing I always feel weird if I don't eat, uh, is a, a rebel dog, which is named after the UNLV team. Yep. They serve at the arena. 
Mm -hmm. It's also your cheapest, going to be your cheapest arena concession option. Sure. Um, ate that in my traditional place, which is on top of the garbage cans uh, around the concourse with Keith Parrish. Tried to go stand behind the um, No Dunks guys uh, mm -hmm. when they were recording their podcast live on the arena, but they finished and I ended up just eating this hot dog while uh, meeting Skeets for the first time. Well, that's, uh, I mean, it sounds great to me. I love hot dogs and I love Skeets, so yeah, you really yeah, can't yeah. go wrong there. <laughs> Although, yeah, arena hot dogs, real hit or miss. Sometimes they're great, sometimes they're the worst thing you've ever had, and I'm sorry it was the worst thing you had while you were there, Katie. Uh, this was certainly not the worst episode of the podcast we've done this week, because I've done two, to two solo shows, so this is, at the very least, second best. Uh, Thank Katie, you. thanks That's so great. much. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, Big, Hi, Big V is, uh, you, it's, you and Big V are neck and neck for the, the, the top spot this week i can promise you the two solo shows were not there um but either way thank you for hanging out thanks for regaling us with tales of summer league anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there um, i will be having uh the the writing i'm going to do off of summer league once i get myself together will be at yahoo sports canada so i'll probably have a feature on ron harper jr who i got awesome. to interview and sit down with who's a real sweetheart um and i just think a very inspiring story uh, and then just a general kind of look forward as to what this summer league performance means for the Raptors team going forward, kind of with what you and I were talking about, whether that's some of the later spots on the roster uh, or just kind of the shape of things to come. Sure. We'll keep our eyes peeled for that for sure. Thanks as always, Katie, for hanging out. Thanks to you for listening and making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on NBA, as I promised earlier. They're fantastic. They're covering the league in an amazing way and giving all sorts of different angles to the Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell and all that stuff going on. So go check out Locked on NBA, favorite podcast app, and on YouTube. I'll remind you again. Uh, well, that's do you gonna want do a some news? Some, some yeah. like maybe rumors, secret news? Ooh, yes, Unfortunately... Please. So We've started the wind down of the show, and so Sorry. it's like not all the people are going to see it, which is great. It makes it more secret. Masai and John Marks were talking in the shadows. Do, who looked the like men. they were in the power position? Arena tunnels. Well, always Masai. Always yeah. Masai. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be a difficult negotiation to go into. It's like, all right, Masai, you're the guy who uh, fleeces everybody all the time. Let's talk about a trade, I guess. Yeah. You're just like staring into your own doom. It's uh, <laughs> it's got to be tough. It's like one of those mirrors that reflects your worst fears back at you. Mm -hmm. That's Masai. Well, I'm fully convinced this uh, staring contest is going to go on to like September at the the, the, late, the earliest. So uh, we'll have plenty of time to dig into Sean Marks getting dummied by Masai Ujiri in conversations. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you for tuning in. That's the last show for this week. I'm traveling tomorrow. I won't be able to record a show. Back again on Monday, as usual, with Big V. And then uh, hoping to line up a couple of fun guests for next week. And that should be great as well. And we'll talk to you again on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 